Hello, Gabby. Hey. <laughs> Episode four of the Exchange Podcast. Woot woot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Uh, so today we finished up our third podcast that you can hear on Spotify. Yes, uh, please iTunes, listen. iTunes, Google, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, you can hear our beautiful voices there as well. Like it. Leave us a comment. Tell us what we should talk about, what we shouldn't talk about. Ask us questions. Yeah. Uh, there could be wor- uh, another podcast in the works. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Gabby can have her own show. <laughs> There's women out there making $20 million on Spotify with a podcast. And why can't you be one? I would probably talk about a little bit of a different topic than the women out there making $20 million. Hey, maybe that's the $25 million topic. <laughs> Maybe you're holding on to that. More than anything, maybe that's what Jesus wants. And if it is, it'll happen. So He wants you to have $25 million. What are no, you like? No, I'm saying maybe Jesus is the, he would want the podcast idea, not the money. Oh, oh okay. I got you. So, uh, yeah, we've talked about purity culture. We talked about being sheltered. We've talked about... Uh, non-denominational churches in a denominationalized world and then today we are talking because it is summertime we are talking summertime yes summertime (laughs) is full of things it's full of baseball hot dogs we just finished up not blowing our arms off my kid got me in the foot with one of those adult snappers and like even four days after Oh, it is still majorly bruised. Yeah, it's bad. It is pretty bad. Good aim there by the... Um, she's going to be four. Wow. Yeah. To make you feel old? She, uh, I was already old when I had her. <laughs> um, but she was born on 7-Eleven, which is way easier in Dallas to celebrate because it's slushy day, like slurpy day at 7-Eleven. So they have balloons. She thinks it's for her. It's great. We don't have 7-Elevens, though. We have quick trips. I don't think QT has a day for that. No. But you could still go take her to go slushy. Yeah, I could. They just don't have the balloons. But. Anyways. <laughs> cookouts and church camp. Church camp. This one time at church camp. Yeah. Oh, oh there's <laughs> a lot of stories like that we're going to get into. Now, did you ever go to church camp? I did, actually. Um, but my church camp experience was very different than other church camp experiences in the fact that I didn't go to youth-based church camps. I went to church camp between the ages of like the grades of second grade through sixth grade. Oh, so you didn't do the like the the no. middle school, high school? Camp. No, I did not get to do middle school, oh, high school. Oh man! So were church you, camps where you were at in East Texas? Yes, Pine Cove. Is a big thing, yes. Huge thing. I used to print all the material for Pine Cove. Um, I know in Dallas, Young Life is a big, big thing, too. And then there's Sky Ranch, which is like a cowboy church camp. Like, they have horses and stuff. Pine Cove has horses, too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, like, was, like, really different. I've been to, uh, let's see here, I've been to Camp Tejas in Giddings, Texas, which is pretty cool. Um, I used to play in a praise and worship band, and we would go and do stuff like that. Uh, I did the Falls Creek, which is the largest church camp in the world. Wow. Wow. Is Canacook a actual church camp? I think they like send people out to do camp, kind of like what your school does with like the Wesleyan camp. Oh, yeah. I think they do that. Well, 
Anyways. So church camp, if you guys weren't churched or wasn't in a youth group that went to church camp, church camp was a week long, typically could have been longer if your family was like, go get out of our hair for the week (laughs) and you went with multiple churches. But typically what it was, was your youth group would go, they would go to this cabin. Some cabins were nice. Some cabins should have been burnt down and the entrance money collected on it. Yeah. And you go to church two to three times a day when you're not going to church you are playing ping pong which is what i did because i don't like the heat and it doesn't matter what day or month or week that you go to church camp it is hot it's part of the manipulation (laughs) you go to church camp and you're like i don't ever want to experience this type of heat ever again in my life and they say you know what's hotter than this place hell sign the card get jesus and you won't ever have to do it again unless you're a preacher's kid. On that point, a big disclaimer before we get into the full swing of the topic. We are not against, I say we, I am not against church camp. You be putting them words in my mouth. I am not against church camps and I am not trying to sway you to go or work or not go to any church camps. You're free to make your own decisions. Yeah. These are simply some of the ideas that we have seen and wanted to inform you of. And I've been in both a camper role and a leadership role and a hired gun role, like with churches and playing music with churches. Uh, so I've seen church camp from a lot of angles. I will say church camp is fun, but be careful with church camp. And kind of what sparked this episode was I made a comment over hype versus hope. And do you really find hope or did you just buy into the hype? And I think that's a lot of the issues that happen at church camp outside of the fact that also some church camps like Falls Creek is known as the Baptist breeding ground because... For sure. Yeah. You've well, got 50,000 kids and 500 adults. That's not a good ratio. That actually leads us into one of our two overviewing topics before we get into our pros and cons list, as I like to make, of which is what is church camp high and is it in itself bad? So I have a quote here from a girl who is writing on her blog. Um, it's called The Odyssey. Her name is Hannah Lee Jones from 2016. She goes to Harden University or did at the time. And she wrote, Life after church camp is discouraging and sad. You miss your camp best friends. You miss how easy it is to be a Christian. You miss the devotionals, the singing, the constant encouragement. You miss your camp crush. You miss the cafeteria food. You miss the sweat. You miss the inside jokes. You miss the bugs. You miss staying up until midnight laughing in your cabin. You simply just miss camp. So. I get it. Um, I hated going to church camp. I didn't like the idea of going to church camp. I didn't have friends in my youth group, though, really. I didn't go to school with any of them. I didn't do anything except for Wednesdays and Sundays. So now, instead of being around my friends seven days a week, now I'm with people that I'm around for two hours a week for a week. I don't want to do that. Um, I'm also a person that I don't like shared spaces. I don't like bunk beds. I don't like group showers. Um not like I'm taking a shower with a group, but I don't like having like open showers and things like that. Even playing sports. You only have stalls? Uh, Two of the cabins I stayed in didn't have stalls. We made some out of like... uh, That's insane. Yeah, we made some, like we cut up and rigged up some stuff. No, that... 
Um, I just don't like sharing a space where like somebody can just come through and go through my. Not that I hid stuff, but I just didn't want people going through my stuff. I don't like uh, casseroles. I don't like cafeteria <laughs> food, really. Um, so, like, the food situation. I was wondering where you were going with casseroles. I was like, yeah. how did that come up? But so, like, we had this one called Crackpot Chicken. It was like a poppy seed chicken, and it was just disgusting. Um, like, I don't like that whole thing. So, I never looked forward to it. But once I got there and I kind of got into the swing of things and things are going, um, I had some fun. I hate to admit it. I did have <laughs> fun. Uh, and... I experienced the church camp high. Uh, I was raised a Christian. Mm -hmm. I was saved at the age of five. I was then again saved at the age of eight. I was then again saved at the age of 14. And I surrendered to the ministry at 15. Um, So then I didn't really do much with the church until I was like 24 um, and then left a little while again and then came back. So life was kind of weird and you do feel that pressure and you see those, you see your friends doing things and you, I don't think that people go to Falls Creek or to a church camp with a bad intention. Yeah. But you see these things that are happening and it's an emotional thing and you want to experience that too. And the only way that you can really are told to experience that is to go through their motions. Yes. Well, I kind of have a opposite experience in the fact that I was very upset that my church's youth group used to be very big. And then once I got into middle school and high school, it started to simmer out quite a bit. Right. And so we were never really offered any of those youth camps that you look up to when you're in elementary school and are like, oh, this is so fun. It seems like such a cool thing to do. Right. Now, I did get to go on quite a few youth group mission trips, which I think our church saw the importance of serving over the importance of being served, which nothing to say that when you're going to a church camp that you are thinking about yourself. But that was a big thing. I also did get to go to Faith Explosion Kids Camp. From second grade to sixth grade, which was very much a fun experience. It actually, um, at the same campgrounds, there was two weeks before there was RA camp and then there was GA camp and then there was Faith Explosion Kids Camp. And so the GA camps was just girls, girls in action. RAs was just boys. And then Faith Explosion was the mixed and our church was cool because we didn't go to GA camp. We went to Faith Explosion where our whole kids class got to go. Right. And it did quite spark a quite a few budding romances. Hey, that's what but church camp is all like. I know guys that went to church camp just for that. No, it was second grade through sixth grade. And these were kids that were playing Oreo. Have you ever played Oreo? No. They played rock, paper, scissors, and if you lost, the boy had to, like, go and ask out, doing air quotes, a girl that the other guy picked. Oh. And so. So we had at Falls Creek, and it's still a big thing. In fact, it's in the title of an article that I read for this post, for this thing, um, called Icy Dates. And it is basically the idea of uh, you go 
you meet some girl during free time. You usually had free time between like one and five. So you had like four hours. And then after the night service, you had about an hour and a half to two hours, depending on if you had one of those guys that wanted to talk forever, <laughs> not give you no free time, um, and was there for all the right reasons. <laughs> but what they did was they would, you would basically like go and say, hey, Gabby, you want to go on an icy day? And you'd be like, sure, that sounds like so much fun. And so then I'd be like, all right, where's your cabin? And you'd tell me, and it's always way the crap on the other side of the camp. And As they did all, on purpose. Yeah, this thing is all on a mountain, too. This thing is all, like, you walk uphill both ways. Like, your grandparents don't lie. And... So you go and you pick her up and you're wearing like a button-down American Eagle shirt and you're just drenched in Axe body Not spray. American Eagle yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, you changed out of those jeans that you had to wear because for the longest time, this place was outside and it was like in the armpit of Oklahoma and you sweated profusely. So you went back to the cabin, you changed into your shorts, you drenched yourself in more Axe because it's already worn off and then you go pick her up. And all of her friends are like, oh, Gabby's got an icy date. And then you walk and you go and stand in line with the other 48,000 kids who have decided to have an icy date that night, too. You give the lady two bucks. She gives you a Dr. Pepper icy and a Coke icy. I'm assuming those would be the two that we go with. Dr. Pepper is way better. I know. <laughs> um, the Dr. Pepper, I would probably do two of them. You get a little plastic cup. And it's like those hideaway cups. Yeah. Like full of icy for a dollar. I mean, it's a good deal. Mm -hmm. Um and so you go and then you walk around and you get to know each other and there ain't no hand holding because there's people out there on golf carts watching. We the had the rule where the Holy Spirit had to be able to fit in. No. Oh, because this was more elementary. Right. Yeah. Lower elementary, upper elementary school students. Ours was called. You were not allowed to have purple. And purple was not permitted. And Ooh. girls were red, boys were blue. Oh, you can't mix them. You cannot make purple. No. And they just said no purple. But. Yeah. So that meant no hand holding, no touching. Yep. No kissing. Yeah. <gasps> Don't think anyone, uh, hopefully no one ever kissed at camp. It was not me. I was a very non-bold individual girl and would have never even told my elementary school crush that I had a crush on him even though I did for four years and we went to camp yeah. every year together. But Well, th this was, you know, you, you'd wander. They had the devil's bathtub. They closed that off at night because uh, you ain't going to be going to no devil's bathtub at night. Uh, I saw a lot less praying in the nighttime at the prayer garden than I did during the day. <laughs> um... And so then you walk around, you roam, and you take them back. Now, this is very much like normal dating. Um, you're currently in a relationship. How I long am. did you date? How long have you been dating this guy before you're, you met the parents or like either side? Um, Shevin met my, Shevin is my boyfriend. Okay. Met my parents a little bit earlier because they were coming into town and they invited him out for dinner, but it was out. It was me, Zoe, her boyfriend, and my boyfriend okay. to dinner. So it probably would have been two months, but we had been friends for a full well, I six would say, months before that. I wouldn't say two months is a... 
But they knew of Shevin before right. that. Right. And that's how most families are. So if like you and Shevin were to have met at church camp, at this church camp and done the icy date thing. Um, so like, let's say on a Monday night, right. And uh, yeah. you guys have met well, or Tuesday because Monday you're getting there. You're not really roaming around now. If you're you were, tired after moving in, right. If you were like me, you were out trying to, cause I did not look like this when I was younger. I was, uh, you know, quite handsome if you ask my mom. Um, and, uh, <laughs> if you ask my mom, yeah, if you ask my mom. And so I would go and do, do some scouting to see, Hey, what do we got kind of lay of the land? What we got in the area? Like, did we get stuck in some like crap hole? Like, are we like going to have to worry about locking the oh, church? Vans? I thought you meant like lay of the land as in lay of the, the girls. I oh mean. yeah. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I was trying to see what we were going, what we were working with. Um, you stay away from the Maripostal kids. Like we got the Abercrombies over here. Don't worry about those are the big things, you know, like when I was a kid. Yeah. And, um, and so if that, if you guys met on like a Tuesday, like during free time, like volleyball, they play beach volleyball, they play, you know, disc golf, all those things by Thursday, if this has gone really well and you guys have like, you guys are in like a committed icy date relationship, usually Thursday you get called into the cabin and you meet the youth director. You meet every youth group kind of has that like guy and girl that were never going to date. They probably should have. They both liked each other, but they were always just better off as friends. And he was kind of like the protector or she may have had an actual brother in the youth group. Mm. Then you got to meet them. So you do like this whole like rites of passage family going into like icy date engagement. Uh, it turns into a long term deal. You get phone numbers and text messages. And MySpaces was big when I was there. You get their MySpace and you talk to them and you'd always plan about seeing each other again. The cool thing was they also did YEC, which was like a youth evangelism conference, which was kind of like a end-of-the-year thing, and a lot of churches would go and do that. That got tricky, too, because that one time I got caught up in that, and my icy date girlfriend was also going to YEC, and our, I, being the preacher's kid, was smart enough to talk my youth director into booking a hotel at the same place that she was at. Boom. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That? It went really far. Her name was Bailey. Um, Bailey, if you're listening, <laughs> Bailey's probably not listening uh, because she actually ended up marrying the dude. She ended up marrying the dude that was like the protector brother, like on the Thursday night that I had to meet. Oh. Oddly enough. It was so weird. And you always thought, what if? I never thought about what if. Her family had goats, and it was like, (laughs) The goats were the killer. The goat, they ate my shorts. They, like, (laughs) chewed up the ends of, like, one of my pairs of tennis shorts. So that was kind of the fun part of church camp. It wasn't any of the religious stuff that was going on. Of course. Um, But the religious stuff was kind of strange sometimes, because... No matter what pastor was there, it followed an algorithm. It was like they sat down with the pastor and said, look, this is what works. And so their goal, and I don't know if it really was their goal, but looking at it and seeing how it worked and being a camper there for five years and then going off and on for another three to four years in some capacity after, it was very much sent on seventh or eighth grade like you're getting into it 
Uh, you may have made a decision, but you're probably going to rededicate your life like your freshman year, right? Yeah. Or your sophomore year. Mm -hmm. They want that sophomore or junior year to be the year that you feel called to ministry. And then that junior or senior year, and they even said this a lot as a quote, we don't want to see you here next year. We want you to be part of Go students. And they would have this big mission trip that they would take these Falls Creek kids on. Oh. And they go to like Germany or they go somewhere else and they would do that. Um, and that was kind of the method. Hmm. Salvation, call to ministry, missionary. And that was the thing. Wow. Yeah. Very. Now, now I know we're talking about the pros. Um, we can start. Yeah, definitely start with the pros. I mean, we, or we can start with the cons. Let's start with the cons. I don't know. <laughs> Change it now, up a bit. <laughs> there was some manipulation that I saw. Um, not on behalf of the, and I will say it was not on behalf of the Falls Creek staff, but there were some churches that did some pretty shady things that I thought, like I talked about it in the one episode where they came and said, hey, there's a bomb threat on the tabernacle. We need you all to go downstairs, get in the lowest spot of your of your cabin. And then they're like, if this thing really was to blow up, where would you go? And I'm like, probably be sitting here because this tabernacle doesn't have walls. Who's going to blow up a roof? Like it made but no still, that is majorly well, for sure. Then another church that I had gone with did one where they had people come in with masks and fake guns. Yeah. That and, is insane. And pulled the Christians out. Yeah. That is literally crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine that? And I know of some other, I've had, I've of course wasn't going to youth camps, but I have had people tell me that they've gone to certain youth camps where they do the whole life story of Christ Yes. in the first like two days. So you're literally like staring Jesus, this actor who's Jesus, his, his dead, dead air quotes body on this cross with this crown of thorns and there's fake blood everywhere. And then they hand you the cards that says, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And in that moment, of course, you, you're going to want to choose heaven. Obviously, having been told the whole story and seeing it unfold right in front of your eyes. and Yeah, that's, that is pretty... Yeah. I don't, see, that's the thing. Like, I think that you can lump some church camps into, like, those hell houses, too. Yeah. Those experiences. Um, or hallelujah house, depending on who's doing it. <laughs> Um, there, there is, and, and I think that it's done with hell houses get crazy. I got shoved in the coffin one year. Oh, that man. was crazy. And it was downstairs in a basement. So I was going to this house house. We had to sign a waiver. I was in sixth or seventh grade. First, we get put into this like wood shed that only has one door, no windows. And so it is complete pitch black. After yeah. you close that door and they have you sit, they start a timer and they have you sit in there for five minutes. Oh, so uh, like military grade torture. Gotcha. Yeah. With the first like two and a half minutes being like no one speaking. The leader of the group is like in there. They have a flashlight, won't turn it on until the half, like two and a half minute mark because they want to make sure that you are 
mature enough, old enough to go through this hell house and not have a panic attack, I yeah. guess. And so later in the actual house, we go downstairs in this basement and they've got like three or four space heaters going. So it is hot. Oh, yeah. It is hot down in that basement. And they have these doorways. There's like four of these doorways, but they're shapes, shaped like coffins. And so you and a partner, you had to partner up. And luckily my dad was in the youth group and I got to go in there with my dad instead of some random person that I was not the cutoff youth group member. But you go inside with your partner and they shut the coffin in on you and they play this like loud, rumbling, deep voice reading scripture about hell and brim fire. And then they open the other side of the coffin and it's a doorway outside where you're seeing Jesus being lashed in the center of this like And where was field. Tyler, Texas? Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. But I thought it was an amazing experience. I had a great time, but I was also the the odd kid out being super spiritually mature at 12 because I had been walking with Christ since I was eight. Right. And so I was not freaked out. Now, but. And so things like that, you look at it and you say, Hey, I like this or I thought this was good, but from a reformed standpoint, like where do you, where, how do you, how do you view it? Like, I mean, if you if you understand Reformed doctrine and you under and you believe, you know, um, in most parts of Calvinism and yeah, um, like how do you, well, how do you view that then from that? Because I'm sure at 12 years old you weren't thinking like Calvinism, like <laughs> Reformed doctrine, Calvinism, yeah, because um, it it kind of goes against a lot of what we're taught as Reformed doctrine believing Christians. Yeah. Um and that's that's why I think that there is a I do, I think that sometimes people th- have this idea that God's working on people already. Jesus is working yeah. on people. Well, sometimes they just need to be shown that they're being worked on. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's one of those deals, but I I mean, I know so many people who have answered calls to ministry who later on in life were just like, I had no clue what I was talking about. Yeah. I had no clue what I was doing. I just kept feeling this feeling and I didn't know what it was. But at the end of it, it was almost peer pressure. Yeah. I I remember seeing kids feel peer pressure. Like I went down because my friends were going. I went down because I was the only person left in my 10 person youth group that hadn't made a decision and everybody's looking at me and they're like, Oh, Timmy's going to hell. Um, Timmy better go down tonight or something ain't working. Um, that is actually one of the, or close to one of the points that I had put as a con with church camps or now that we're lumping hell houses in with it is that confusing emotional regret slash emotionalism, which is definition from safari, but still definition arousing or characterized by intense feeling with confession and conviction. And so I have a quote from Justin Dieter who wrote five potential dangers of youth Christian camps. And he says, heavy emotions are an unreliable sign of true spirituality. 
As a result, biblical Holy Spirit route conviction is confused by emotionalism. Many students might be heavily grieved over their sin and weep. Then they find themselves engaging in the same lifestyle as soon as they get off the church bus at home. Yet the scripture is clear that godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Second Corinthians seven ten. Well, and that's that's what we talk about that church camp high, and they even talk about it at church camp. They're like, you know. This is all. You gotta make sure that this is a great feeling. You're having a great time. You're with your friends and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You gotta take that Holy Spirit home with you in your pocket and yeah. pull it out for the rest of the world to see. And they they get the they get the band back up on the stage and the band's all cool looking and they're fun and they they're playing that acoustic guitar and, and they start hopping on stage. Not yet. No, no. Oh. This is at the end. So they're oh. playing that G. They're playing oh. the G chords and they're talking about you know all these great feelings that you have and how Jesus loves you and there's nothing that you can do in the world. But the world is going to be yeah. against you. And you want to be like Gavin, which there's always a Gavin or a Chad involved um, that's up there. And then they hit that E minor chord. They hit the E minor chord. And your heart sinks a little. You're like, yep. And you know, two, one of two things is about to happen. They crank up the, the bass of the piano or the actual bass yep. guitar up just a little bit. Yep. That rumbling feeling. And you get that. Yes. They hit the bass drum a little extra hard on these songs. Yeah. You feel it, feel it in your heart. And then he goes, you know what? And I know there's some of you guys out there who are saying, Gavin, I used to have that. But now I don't time to rededicate your life or they hit you with this one and this one's usually on a thursday night you're gonna go back home and your parents ain't gonna believe your friends ain't gonna believe and they're gonna look at you and say you know what you know bryce this isn't gonna last you're a phony how are you gonna show them that you're not a phony what are you going to do today? And you have one youth le- It's always a youth leader, too. It's never an actual kid who yells in the back, I'm not a phony. Yeah. yeah and they're like, Jesus. And they're like, woo. Yeah. And then everybody's clapping. And then everybody starts clapping back up. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. And it just, you know, it flows down. But that's what happens. They get, and it's, it really is because you go home and it's like for two weeks or so, like that youth group is tight as can be. And then they all just start falling apart. I went to a youth camp. So I didn't go with this church every year. And this kid went with different churches. But it always seemed that we were always at Falls Creek around the same time with each other. And that poor boy got saved 13 times. And that poor boy broke every Jay-Z album, every Slipknot album, every Metallica album. And he wasn't supposed to bring them. He snuck them every time because you could only listen to Christian music at Falls Creek. Of course. Yeah. Um, but he, you never saw anything happen. And, and I, don't, I don't think that he was you know, just playing it up and was looking for attention. I think he truly wanted something, but he never figured out how to get it to stick because it just wasn't genuine. Oh, there was the one time that I went down front to went down front at a children's camp. I was probably third. It was like my second year there. And I really did want to rededicate my life for Christ because I hadn't been living as fully as I should. And I realized that. And I realized that I was just living through the motions of going to church on Sunday, going to church on Wednesday. And so I was sitting there and I was praying about it. And I hear these two girls come up beside me and they're walking to the front with me. 
And one of them turns to her friend and goes, is this your first time coming down here? And she was like, oh, yeah, totally. I really want to rededicate my life for Christ. And the other girl goes, oh, this is like my eighth time doing it. Yeah. And I really just want to get closer to the host and be able to hear the band better. Oh, wow. And it was heartbreaking because, like, I was trying to have, like, I really did have this genuine moment where I was like, I'm living for the motions. Christ, I want you to come back in my life and make sure that I'm truly living for you. I'm trying my best, but I really want you there with me. And then I get down. Of course, it's always a basement. So we're walking down the stairs to this basement and they randomly number us off into these group, these small groups. And it was really strange because like most church camps have like a leader fall you down so you can talk to someone you actually know. But this church camp, the year that I went down, they were randomly numbering us off into groups. Yeah. So I was like in this mixed group of people, people I never known. And they were going around the circle and they were asking each of us, they were like, Oh, what do you want to do to rededicate your life to Christ? And like each one of them was like, I just want to start going to church. I have never, I don't really go to church. Right. I want to open my Bible. It's never open. And I was sitting there the good church girl who was going twice a week feeling awful waiting for my turn because I didn't know what I was going to say because like I was, I had already done those things. I was going to church. I was reading my Bible. I just truly felt like I just was asking Jesus to help me along this journey. Yeah. But I felt like I couldn't say that. So yeah, because it's not a decision. No, like, no, like no. You're not there for spiritual guidance. No. You're there to make a decision. Yeah. You know, the, I and I've been there. It's like where you feel like you need to move on something, but you don't really have the direction on where you need to move. And it's really not anything other than possibly just being like, hey, I'm here. Like, what you want me to do? I'm here. Like, put up or shut up almost mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, you're almost calling Jesus out as opposed to Jesus calling you out to him. You're more like, hey, look, I'm here. I've been here. I'm ready to go. And you almost do feel like it's kind of crappy. Like, you know, you almost feel like you're an eight-year-old kid and you've got like the four-year-old sibling. Yeah. How much difference is between you and your brother? 18 months. 18 months. So you were probably old enough to understand at like five or six years old and he's like getting more stuff Mm -hmm. or... My, there was an eight year. There's an eight year gap between me and my sister, uh, and I remember watching my sister open up presents on my birthday too. Like she got to open a, up some toy or something. Yeah. Well, then when her birthday rolled around a couple months later, I didn't get no toy because I was old enough and understood that this was her day. Sometimes that's how church camp makes you feel. If you're not getting saved or joining the ministry or signing up to go on a mission trip. You almost feel like what God's purpose is in your life isn't as relevant or good. Yeah, for and sure. I would definitely say that if you want to see Mark chapter 4, like verses 3 through, what is it, 9, the parable of the sower. Yeah, for sure. Go to a church camp. Yeah. Because I will say that can be the lead into the pros. Um it is definitely throwing seed out. Some seed will end up on rocky. rocky ground and nothing happens. Some of it falls on some decent ground. They go back. It's probably that church camp high that we're talking about. They're good. 
they're starting to grow and then all of a sudden the thorns start to come up and it just chokes it and then you've got people who it falls on and it uh, they take off for sure and, and i don't mean to say that because i think that i learned a lot of good things from church camp i thought church camp was great i thought church camp gave me something to look at and gave me a basis to really start my own spiritual walk and journey by questioning a lot of what I saw happen at those church camps. Yeah. Another going into the pros, the first one that I had come up with was it allows for the production of healthy friendships with other believers. Yeah. And so you think about going, you talked about how you went with your youth camp of like 10 people or like for using that for an example, you get very close to the people that were in your cavern or that you went to youth camp with. I know for my elementary um, school camp, I went with my four best friends at the time and more girls than that as well. But it always strengthened me and my friend's friendship because we had grown up in church together and did all these experiences together. Or it allows um, students who don't have super healthy friendships to find healthier friendships right. at the camp. And First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Yes. So I feel like that goes really well with and that first point. I, I think, too, what you're, you know, it's if we went like people try to go to things like church camp, but they're like team building, like ropes courses, like companies will send their For employees sure. to go and do these things. That was what a lot of it was. Um, you've got a lot of dynamics inside of a church group that you don't have inside of your normal core friend group. Mm-hmm. Like you usually have a few of the popular kids. You have a few of the nerdier outcast kids. You have some of the goth kids and the punk kids, and you've got all of these people and you're living together in a community for five to seven days and you're forced to kind of learn to live with each other. And in that time you can learn that you have more in common, even just outside of in a Christian sense, just in general, like, hey, you know, I didn't know that me and this guy like the same music or we like the same snacks or this and that. Mm-hmm. And you really kind of got to know each other. And if you saw somebody outside of your group picking on them, oh, you kind of like for ran. Sure. Yeah. I remember watching one time there was this kid. He was kind of an outcast or whatever. And this other dude from another church was kind of picking on him or whatever. And this guy was like, no, I can pick on him because he's in my youth group, but you're not going to do it. And like the kid that had been giving him so much crap for the week is the one that's trying to like stop the kid from getting more crap. And then two, like 20 minutes later, I saw him like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we're back to normal. Like, yeah, I saved your butt back there, but, but we're still here. Uh, so you're still your, a nerd. Yeah. Give me your trail mix. Um, but the, it is, I think it, it teaches a lot of that stuff. Um, also, uh, you said different environment where students may feel more at home to share or ask questions. We For talked about that in the first episode. We did with your. Yeah, I get the two questions. How far is too far with your girlfriend? And is uh, basically alone, special alone time. <laughs> is that a bad thing? You get those questions. Uh, Which are very easy to bring up a camp, especially when you, I feel like there's those cool camp counselors who yeah. you like can really relate to. Right. And you feel like they're understanding. They've been where I've been. Like it's different than, yeah. 
I know from my experience, I had my parents who were my Sunday school teachers, literally second through sixth grade. But then once I got to camp, they were these cool camp counselors who did game time. Yeah. And so they were cool where I could pull one of them aside and be like, hey, I have this quick question for you. It was nothing anything like super serious, but right. it was always, I have this quick question for you. I see that you're trying to live your life for Christ as a older individual, but that's not my mom. Right. And can you help me? So Well, and usually, you know, every time that I went, we usually typically had uh, volunteers that would go. Um, and you would find out, like, some of the old ladies that would, older ladies that would go and, like, cook camp meals for you were, mm-hmm. like, some of the coolest ladies in the world. Amen. Um, Always. There was one guy I remember. I was out of camp. I was going as a camp counsel, like, as a volunteer person or whatever uh, for our group. And I got to know this guy named James. And James was this old man who, like, I connected with because he was an old man that didn't really have a filter. But he really <laughs> did care about the Lord. He just didn't know really how to word it. Because we had, like, this goth kid who was also fairly open about his sexuality as being, you know, a, a, a gay guy. Yeah. I mean, and he was into cosmetology, did his makeup. And he really, like, wore some cool stuff. And I remember one day he wore this pleather turtleneck that had, like, the... Like almost like the key rings. Like the O ring? Yeah, like the zipped up. Yeah. And then he had like grommeted holes and he had these like UFC almost gloves. Like, not gloves. From the shirt? Well, kind, yeah, it was the same material, but it wasn't like the fingerless gloves. It was like the wraps. Yeah. And it went up and like it went up to just above the elbow. And uh-huh. then it had like these lace things that he had to lace up. It took him like 45 minutes to get dressed. And I just remember. <laughs> but it was church camp. So you always had to pop off with yeah, the outfits. Yes. And he like came out one time and he had his hair up in a, he had his hair up in a, his towel or whatever. And totally cool kid. I, I really liked him. And he grew up in a real conservative Christian, like very Southern home. And I just remember James, he really just didn't want the kid to get picked on because he saw it as strange. And he yeah. was like, I can't be the only person seeing this as strange. And he was just, he didn't really know how to help the kid because he wasn't a gentle, empathetic kind of guy. Yeah. He was just like, make sure you find the weirdest stuff to wear when you go out to represent the church. <laughs> and the kid is just like, oh, I, I'm getting it here, too. And I said, James, you can't say things like that to that kid. Like, he's his own person. Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense to you. So it doesn't really make sense to me either. He's like, well, I don't, he's just, you know, he's a good kid. He, he doesn't cause any problems. I just don't want those, those people that work here at this camp. Some of them just don't understand people, and I don't want them giving him a hassle or anything. He, he meant well. He basically, yeah. what he wanted to be was like, hey, why are you trying to be so out there to, like, you're going to draw attention to yourself, and it might be unwanted attention that you want from the camp staff. For sure. But those were, you know, that was the cool thing about about camp. Like, you had these people that you found out were cool, and then you had these kids that had graduated that became a camp counselor that you were like, okay, I don't have to go and ask my youth pastor this because I feel uncomfortable because youth pastors are always notorious for having a direct line to the parents. 
Oh, yeah. And sometimes you don't feel safe with that. Yeah. But the cool kid who's taking a week out of their college vacation to go and hang out with you, who's experiencing life, may be the person to offer that advice. For sure. Another major pro that I found that was another cool thing about camp was that it was a safe and spirit-led place for independence. Yeah. Especially because... I was second grade. They gave me my little lanyard with my schedule on the back. You had I had my name on the front, my cabin, my group, and what church I was with, just in case I did get lost, but and someone found me. But flipped it over, had my camp schedule on the back, and then they gave you, like you said, four or five hours of free time that you were welcome to wander around the camp. If you wanted to go get lost, you were welcome to go get lost as long as you were back by a separate time at six o'clock. Yep. And it is a very safe space for kids to learn independence. Yeah. I also, getting into the older camps, they gave you devotionals. And it they gave you quiet time. And they gave you these 15 to 30 minutes of quiet time that you got to go with. Mm-hmm. And it really helped develop habits for those kids that wanted to develop those habits. Uh, there was even towards the end of my time with church camp as a student, they were starting to do this uh, one hour of solitude that was in the, like you got a, you didn't get a lanyard, you got like a book. And it was like a guided go somewhere alone for an hour, read this for this long, pray for this long, pray for these specific things, write down what you feel is happening, write down these things that you hear that are happening. Um, and you, were, of course, as in any church-like activity, you were going to have kids who took that hour of solitude to go sit on their butt and look at a tree for an hour. Yep. But you do also have those kids that take it seriously. Yeah. And they take it seriously, not because they have their dad or their youth pastor standing over them saying you need to read this and think of how you can apply it right but because they were given their own independence in figuring out their prayer life and their spiritual life and their own spiritual walks yep. and that was some of the best moments for me was when i actually was told to sit down and think about it but wasn't led in any way right yeah it was more like so. a, hey you should go do this it was more of a suggestion than a like a chore yeah it's kind of like when your parents are like, hey, maybe you, you should go do this. And you're like, yeah, maybe I should go yeah. do that. Instead of, hey, you need to go you put. think you came up with it. Yeah, instead of go put up your laundry. I don't want to put up my laundry now. I was going to before you said that. You yeah, know? yeah, that, so. that type of thing. Um, and, and also, you know, as, as your last point uh, says, uh, focusing on the Lord is never a bad thing. Uh, adults try to find time. I know uh, here with the church, uh, the Presbytery, for northeastern Oklahoma, a lot of them went on a backpacking trip for a week, um, and they were able to focus more on God and the Lord and the church rather than the work on the church. Yeah, or I have friends my own age who go on social media fasts and try to use that as a way to focus on the Lord and focus on more of their daily lives Which and should habits. not be the thing, because if you get on... Uh, the Exchange Bartlesville, there's always great, hopeful things that are posted on there. That's true. Sharing good memory verses, too. And to memory go with that idea. Bible verses. Right. So yeah. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So yeah. the Lord's there waiting for you, bud. All yeah. you got to do is seek him. Sometimes God isn't even at the church camp. You can find him down the street. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to church camp. You can do your own church camp thing. Like you can pick up all the all the good things. Like I never thought about it, but I could go on an icy date with Courtney. I could just take her over there to the old uh, Target. QT. QT. Oh. QT. Go to Target and walk around, hold hands, drink an icy, and you know, be like old times. You can make your own breakfast for dinners. Yes. Those were the best nights. I took uh, I took eighteen dollars for like I basically took twenty bucks for a from for ICs during the whole week because I knew I well I had to have one for myself during like free time. Of course. And then I had to take those ladies out. How many ladies were you taking out? You know, there was one year I had to go and borrow money from my dad because my dad went and I was like, hey, I need some extra cash. He's like, what do you need extra cash for? I was like, well, I've been... The I've Lord been, is trying to help me find a wife, Dad. I've been, I've been double dipping, Dad. <laughs> I've been doing these two icy dates. And he's like, well, then you should only need an extra buck. And I was like, well, I can't have an icy because then the second one's going to know. Chugging down a brain, getting a brain freeze on the first icy day because I'm trying to get through this first one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I gotta get back to the cabin. I gotta go tune my bass. Yeah, yeah, Dang. that was the code word. Well, this is a fun. This is a fun episode. Yeah, for sure. Summertime. Um, good guys. reminiscing, but yeah. also good ideas. Share your church camp stories with us at the Exchange Bartlesville Facebook. <laughs> Instagram. We would love to hear them, good or bad. TheExchangeBartlesville.com is also a good spot to find us as well. Um, Gabby Moore 41, right? Yes, Gabby Um, with an I, Moore with two O's, 41. Yeah, Yeah. on Instagram. On Instagram. Um, uh, Lebanese Lemmy for me. Um, I'm hanging out over there. I don't really post a lot, though. I try to do like a monthly selfie, try to force myself. No, no one will. Not a monthly selfie. Monthly selfie. My last Instagram caption was actually might mess around and become a Shevin Sarucci fan page. It's looking like that might happen now, but. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, you don't post much on there either. I don't. I probably. think one of the first, I think one of the pictures that I saw of you on there was the uh, the nice waterfall or the water thing at Oklahoma Wesleyan, like the pond. Yeah. Like with the fountain out in it. Oh. And you've got like this huge bruise on your leg in your volleyball uniform. I actually... The caption on there says, volleyball got me black and blue because I thought it was funny. Yeah. But that bruise was not from volleyball. It was actually from falling off a skateboard the first week of school. You kids and them skateboards over there. Like, Joe, like, messed his arm up twice with a ripstick. Yeah. They need to outlaw him. My I bought a longboard. calf was bruised. Yeah. It was it was a bad bruise. It was horrible. My first, my freshman year of college, I bought a longboard with my graduation money with some of it. I was going to ride it around campus or whatever. And they outlawed. I couldn't ride it As on campus. As they should. They're dangerous. Now, I have some friends who are very, very good at longboarding and skateboarding. And they pop off. But I cannot trust myself enough anymore to ride Anywhere at Oak Woo with my laptop in my backpack. Yeah, yeah, I can't do so. that either. So, well, dinner is t- being served at my house, so I've got to, like, Lucky check on you. Out of here. I know, right? So thanks for joining us again, guys. Uh, who knows what episode five is going to be about, but I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, until then, guys, um, enjoy your summer, and we will see you guys next week. Stay safe. Stay safe.